Welcome to Reconciling Grace, a program where church leaders discuss various topics from the Bible. During the discussions, there may or may not always be agreement from every panel member on every point, but there is full agreement on the fact that the way to God the Father is through the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Reconciling Grace. This is Pete Vecchi, and it's my pleasure to be with you today. And joining me are two of my fellow pastors, Josh Kugel and Don McDonald. Now, Don says he doesn't even answer to Don anymore. He's Pastor Mac or P-Mac. And P-Mac is going to start out today by sharing with us a story. And as I'm looking at your notes, it says something about Bobby Knight. And I'm really interested in trying to figure out how Bobby Knight is going to get uh, into this podcast. And why don't you let us know about Bobby Knight and kind of what you're calling the the podcast today, Don? Well, what we've been doing um, is listening to the rise and fall of Mars Hills on Christianity Today podcast. And one of the titles of that podcast is basically the Bobby Knight problem, you know, that central personality being bigger than life. And when we look at uh, Mark Driscoll and the the fall of uh, Mars Hills, you know, it's just that great personality, that aggressive personality that was center in the life of the Church of Mars Hills. And before we go on, before we go on, maybe we want to give an idea. Um, Not everybody might not know about Mark Driscoll, Mars Hill, or maybe even not Bobby Knight. So uh, I just thought of that after I mentioned his name. Bobby Knight was the longtime basketball coach of Indiana University who was known for all kinds of um, interesting chairs. Throwing chairs was one of them. Yeah. He was not a favorite. In fact, I I could tell a quick story here that um, back when I was in high school, sophomore year in high school, one of the big 10 referees for basketball happened to be my phys ed teacher. And he was telling us all about the fact that um, what happened one time with him and Bobby Knight, when, when he got into an argument with Bobby Knight on the court, they even had it in sports illustrated. They had my phys ed teacher's name in sports illustrated because of the argument. So it was kind of an interesting thing, but he was with Indiana university for decades and he was known for his temper. I guess that'd be just the best way to summarize it. Wouldn't it? I, and I think so. And I know when you listen to, you know, uh, the podcast on the rise and fall of Mars Hills, um, they talk about Mark Driscoll and, and his issues of temperament, you know, and um, how that sort of defined the church and how it sort of uh, experienced the church in that journey. Um and, and that's why, you know, when, when I was thinking about this particular session, Reconciling Grace, um, I kept thinking about how, you know, there was this central personality, this central teaching on, on how the church should be experienced. And for me, listening to all this, I, I keep finding myself saying, okay, you know, how do we experience the church today? You know, before we even came online on podcast, um, Pete and Josh and I were talking about the Reformed Church, of which I'm a part of. And to be honest, we're recording this uh, podcast as my denomination, the Reformed Church in America, the oldest continuous denomination in America, started in 1628, had them remember that forever, um, is not sure how they're going to look as a church 
uh, after October 19th when General Senate's done. And so there is a lot of conversation out there on what is the church and how it is experienced. Um, and, and, you know, we've got the mega churches, we've got the home churches. My daughter, Joy, is a part of a home church. You know, they're going back to Acts where they met in homes and the, more the small group church. And so, you know, here we are, the, the three pastors looking at church, sort of saying, what is church? How should it look? Um, and a lot of it is just thinking about the Great Commission, you know, Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Um, I don't know if one of you got that in front of you. Pete, do you want to read that? Sure, I have it right in front of me here um, <clears throat> from the New International Version. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So basically, when we're looking over the Great Commission, it's about going and bringing to life Jesus Christ. You know, teaching and preaching. Um, you know, Josh, as you think about the church, how do you experience the church? What, what do you think is the purpose of the church? As you look at it as a good Southern Baptist, you brought that out to us really good just recently. Yeah. Well, first thing I do want to say is I've always heard the Great Commission that the therefore go should be written as or could be read as as you go. In other words, it's not a uh, it's not a statement that says kind of go out to places you haven't been before. It's it's everywhere you go. It's as you walk around, as you relate, as you make disciples. And so um, I, I just want it, to, it's not so much a, and, and so I, I, that, that brings me to one of the things I think about church is a lot of people have begun to assume that the church's role is evangelism. And I think the church should be about evangelism. Um, but I've been teaching on the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer happens in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. The very beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is, is set up for the sermon he's about to give. As he, he calls his disciples around and he sits and talks to his disciples. And then somewhere through the Sermon on the Mount, the crowd gathers around his disciples. But you have to understand that he's speaking not as an evangelism thing, even though I think that probably happens. But in his sermon, he's speaking to people who are believers, people who are followers of Christ, revealing the truth of heaven to them. There are even other times that Jesus says, look, I tell you these things in parables because they wouldn't understand them. I want you to get the, the truth of God. And so I wonder, first of all, if the church and, and, and even beyond that, I'm sorry to make this even more confusing. The church is made up of all regenerate people, who all people who are saved people. And so the church isn't uh, a building. It isn't an organization so much as, you know, we can define it by who is where and who's part of what local thing or something like that. Anyone who has become a believer in Christ and follows Christ as king, anyone who has accepted Christ in their heart is part of the church. So when you say, what is the purpose of the church? Um, I think it's, it's, it's important to understand that everyone who calls Jesus king 
everyone who has Christ in their heart is literally the church. And then you understand that the purpose of mankind, that only those who are regenerate fulfill, is to bring glory to God. And so the purpose, that the, those in the church, the people of the church, or the people who are regenerate, who by their life, by their will, as they go, everything they do, they bring glory to God. And so the purpose of the church, first and foremost, I think, is worship and to reflect the glory of God, and to be distinct from the world, and to be holy as he is holy. Um, I think first and foremost, that's the purpose of the church, because Jesus is coming back for the church, which isn't the organization, and which isn't individual buildings or anything like that, and he's expecting, I think, something different from what the world gives. Um, and so I think, I think when we talk about the church, the first and foremost, the purpose of the church is it is the people on earth who are bringing glory to God by living in Christ, by being regenerate, by, by being saved, by, by um, living out faith, that, that kind of thing. That, that's not the complete purpose of the church, but I think it's probably where we need to start, I, I, I think. And, and, and I think what happens, so as you say that, Josh, defining it in that way, it's much more of a an assembly, and we'll go with your words, regenerate believers in Christ, and that, that the center should be the teachings of Christ, the word of Christ, you know, the word of the Bible, that should be the center. And, and maybe it'd be helpful for your question, you, you capitalized church. Right. Are we distinguishing between what is the purpose of the local little C church or what is the purpose of all believers who follow Jesus Christ and are saved? Define that question even farther, please. Okay, so are we saying what is the purpose of the local church or with the understanding that every believer is part of the worldwide church, are we saying what is the purpose of the worldwide every believer church? I, I'm I'm putting it more in the realm of probably worldwide church. Okay. And 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 you know, because to me, your your Baptist church down in Mississippi is just as much a part of my church in East Central Illinois. We we are the church, we're the voice. Yeah, if we're talking big C church, yeah. Big C church, you know, Absolutely. but it's but it's made up of these assemblies of you know little churches. But not exclusively. But not exclusively. Yeah. yeah. And I think what happened with, you know, Mars Hills is they started to become more exclusive about their ministry. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think um, I think we've all come into contact with years ago, uh, our church was doing a car wash. We were a very conservative church. We were Church of the Nazarene. Pete, Pete knows how to spell that. Um, <laughs> And there was a church from another denomination down at the end of a, a long street. And we put a, a sign up in the public area of that street. It said car wash down the road at our church, Church of the Nazarene. And um, somebody from the church that was next to that public property brought our sign to us at the car wash, handed it to us and said, this was out in front of our church and we don't want to be associated with you. <laughs> ooh, ooh. <laughs> and, and, um, I don't know. I don't know what you do with that. Uh, but, but I think, again, what is the purpose of the church? And did they have the right understanding of church then? 
And makes you wonder. It, it and and I think that's you know when I'm thinking about but, church and listening. Then, Don, there are some churches today where their belief to me is not a Christian belief. Um, and so I, I, I guess I my my that. my question to you on that, Josh, is when we look at the purpose of the church, proclaiming Christ and walking in Christ as driven by you know Scripture. You, you raise that flag of concern. And I think that's what happened with, with, you know, with Mars Hills was, you know, Mark Driscoll was such a predominant personality in the life of the church that actually he became Little C Church. Yeah, and I almost wonder in that context if we should be talking about the Little C Church or at least, at least bring that into the conversation. A lot of churches have figured out a very business way of succeeding. Um, they put into practice things that would uh, would cause uh, some type of business, a, a shopping center, or something like that to succeed. And they've right. they've understood that trend. We need to follow trends. We need to have a very clear vision. We need, and those aren't necessarily bad things, but they become their avenues of growth. Um, and so and they not, become more and not more. and not the word of God. And when you listen to the podcast, by the way, um, that's one of the things they talk about is like Barnum and demographic studies and how it became the business of the church that became more important than and little C. If we go with that, yeah, versus the big C church, yeah, you know, and and that is a you know, and, and to be transparent, when I was listening to that particular podcast of rise and fall of. Mars Hills, I remember being trained for church planting because I had thought about church planting at one time, and it was very business-like. It was a market study of the area. It was demographics, and and they talk about how that little C church really, in a lot of ways, didn't have the big C church at that point. Peter, you've been awful quiet. Josh and I have been dancing here what how are you reflecting on all this back and forth that Josh and I are sort of bouncing around? Well, I'm honestly trying to figure out how we're keeping this on topic um, about Mars Hill. Um, and it's a good it's a good discussion. Don't misunderstand me. Um, because I keep wanting I, I keep hearing some really good stuff, and it's like I keep wanting to go out on another tangent, and I'm trying to keep myself from doing that. But right. what you're talking about, the organizations and things like that, it's almost as though churches especially in the united states today have been set up by the government they are businesses you know we have to as churches you know run by certain business standards we have to um, have a license or whatever you know to to collect money all this kind of stuff you have to you have to file taxes or tax returns of not taxes um you know whatever it might be and it's so set up that way. And I think that oftentimes, you know, Don, you talked about your denomination right now being in talks about what's the future of it. And so often, you know, I think about Church of the Nazarene, which is probably no different than a lot of the other denominations where we have our meetings of the entire denomination every so often. And it's almost as though this is the church, you know, and I'm not saying that to knock the Church of the Nazarene, but it's kind of like, you know, I think I, I mentioned this when we talked about denominations in general. It's almost as though, you know, Josh's joke about that, about the people who thought that they were the only ones in heaven because they were part of a certain denomination. Yeah. You know, we're, we, we, 
we have to draw this balance. I like the word balance. Don, you use it a lot. But Josh, you talked about it too a little bit with the idea of the one church who said they didn't want to be part of your church when you're talking about having the, the banner or the sign in front of the church. And that the yeah. fact that there are things that some places that call themselves the church, I don't know that I can agree with them that they are the church, especially when they when they go around um, promoting things that are very, very anti-biblical. Mm-hmm. Pete, there, there are reasons that denominations formed in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there are also reasons today why many of them are struggling and won't consider joining with like-minded denominations too. And those are business reasons. They're mm-hmm. not as much uh, faith reasons. Oh, right. Exactly. Um, so that's I, what I, I was. Think, yeah. I, I can think of, of, of up where you are specifically, there's three or four denominations that are strong in that area that are almost identical in almost every belief, mm-hmm. but their, their business side isn't compatible. And so that'll keep them from some consideration. Right. Well, I mean, I remember 20 years ago or so, there was talk about the denominations of the Wesleyan Church and the Church of the Nazarene yeah. um, combining. Yeah. There was talk. I don't, think it, I don't think it ever got too, too, too far, but one of the big things was, okay, so which general superintendents are going to lose their jobs? Yeah. You know, and that was part of one of the big things about it is they had different retirement plans. They had different... Uh, this or that and it had nothing to do with the word of god it had to do with how were the organizations structured and isn't that the beauty of the church though is that the church exists whether the business is doing what it's supposed to or not because people are saved and and even even what, what's interesting in the podcast is is however mark driscoll or anybody else there was behaving um and, and i won't talk about there some people think it was horrible. Some think it was, it was a lot lightweight kind of thing, but however he was behaving, the church was actually meeting and flourishing because people were worshiping Jesus Christ, which is the purpose. I think the main purpose, at least of the church. Um, I, I've thought in my life of, of very uh, self-centered pastors that have come to light because of TV scandals and stuff like that. And, and you still sit back and say, wait a second. Now, thousands of people were led to Jesus Christ through those evangelists. Mm-hmm. Um, I think back of, who was it, Mike Warnke? I think we talked about him before, Pete. Yeah, um, he was very instrumental in my thousands, growth. Yeah, he was very instrumental in my growth led. when I was a young young Christian. And, and when you differentiate between, this is really not about Mike Warnke, it's really about people meeting Jesus Christ, and the church really is not about whoever's pastoring or whoever's an evangelist or whoever's benefit or whoever's abusing. It's still about all the people that are coming to know and worship and live for Jesus Christ. And so I think that's the beauty of the church is that it, it, it doesn't rise and fall based on what type of organization we have or what type of denominational structure or, or, or who's leading it or anything like that, which is the sad part, because in that case where there's a super dominant leader, people begin to mistake what's going on and mistake right. the importance of things. But the beauty of the church is Jesus Christ is the head of the church. Jesus Christ is the only one who makes it worth joining a church. Jesus Christ is the only thing that separates a church from any kind of social club. And whatever denomination or house church or anything that that you're going to be a part of isn't really the important part about whether or not you're in a church or in the church. 
Well, let me say this real quick, because it looks like Don wants to say something. He's the one leading this. I don't know why we don't let him talk more. But, uh, but the one thing that I've heard, and this is, I think, really an important thing to, to point out, especially to our listeners. I have heard it said, and I have been guilty of wanting to say it at times, that such and such is killing the church. But I have heard it said, and properly so, that nothing is killing the church because nothing is going to overcome the church the gates of hell will not overcome the church. Yeah. Jesus is the is the rock on which the church is built, and nothing is going to isn't overcome that. Pete, Pete, isn't that a problem with our language, though, that we always assume, we, even people who should know better, always associate the church with a building um, and always associate the church with a denomination and stuff like that. And, and I think going back to, because in a lot of ways, Pete, we haven't wandered away from the rise and fall of Mars Hills because really what we're talking about is how do we define and experience the church in our culture today? Well, I'm glad to know I didn't get on a rabbit trail. That's no, no <laughs> neither one of you did, because the, the essence of what we're saying, if you're after an application, is when we look at the church, capital C, A, it will never fail. Mm. B, look to Jesus Christ. Don't look to Josh. Don't look to me. Don't look to Pete. Look to Jesus Christ and ask yourself as you're growing in Christ, is that church helping you grow? And is that church helping in honor of Josh? Is that church helping you glorify God as you encounter Christ? You know, and I, I think what happened with Mars Hales is they lost track of where they really needed to be. And that was with Jesus and in Jesus and mm -hmm. growing in Jesus. They lost track that it's not the building. It, it's the believer. The priesthood of believers is the church. Right. And, and I think, and, go ahead, and, Josh. Well, I, I just want to point this. This really could go in so many different directions because as a right. pastor, how do you know you're successful? Mm -hmm. And that's I mean, a whole really, another reconciling grace. <laughs> but, but that's the thing. Mark, Mark Driscoll, for him. How do I know I'm living out my faith and, and my calling as good as I can? And he began to associate, I, I think, numerical growth, uh, influential growth with living out his calling to, and being a successful pastor. And so there, there are so many ways this could go, but they all, I think, come back to the fact that we tie, when we talk about the church, we're tying it to uh, a ministry, we're tying it to a building, we're tying it to a denomination, we're tying it to, I mean, for you and, and for United Methodist right now, I have a United Methodist pastor friend that I just feel horrible for right now because mm -hmm. he's watching his denomination just come unglued at the seams, their, their church is leaving left and right. And in his mind, he's having to differentiate between everything I've poured my life into, my heart into, and got my retirement in, and, and all the, the people I know in offices and stuff are, are disappearing and still knowing that it's going to be okay because the church is not under threat by this. Um, and so I, I, I don't know. Well, and I think, I think this is a really important thing you're saying there, Josh, because we tend to associate the health of the church, capital C, with how is our little C church doing? And we need to remember that I don't care who the pastor is, the pastor is not to be the one put on the pedestal. You know, yeah. how, I, I remember hey, from the very hey, early. Hey, go ahead. Hey, with that thing you were just saying, too, we tend to associate uh, in, in my old denomination. I'm not going to tell you which one it is. 
did a really good job of this when they gave you reports at every district assembly that told you how the church was doing mm -hmm. and rewarded, you know, and, and people saw, you know, that there were all this stuff. But hey, uh, why don't we talk about how the church in Africa is doing very often? And, and the church in China, when, when we talk about the church is doing poorly, what we're really talking about is our church. And we're really talking about our region and our country and our civilization. Mm -hmm. When I got to tell you, there are, there are pastors in Africa. There's a guy that I came into contact with a couple of years ago that planted 84 churches in a year. Yeah, It's exploding there. Mm -hmm. But we'd rather talk. It's just it, it's so good that God sees more than I do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because if everything came down to what I see man and josh, some days it'd be so gloomy but josh we're actually as we look at the rise and fall of mars hills mars hills i can't talk today um it centered itself so much on itself that it forgot to look at the bigger church and, and i think that's yeah. the point that needs to be made here as we yeah. close that the rise and fall of mars hills the fall part was they got so much into themselves mm -hmm. yeah. that they forgot about the greater church, capital yeah. C. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, Pete, if hey, you want to go ahead, oh, Josh. Well, I, I just want to say in contrast to Mars Hill, there's another very large church. It's I think it's the largest church in America. I talked about it a little earlier off, off camera. Life.Church, Craig Rochelle, has made it his mission to support other churches and to support believers that don't go to that church. And so I just want to present that there are all alternatives. I don't want this to ever turn into a, a cut against big churches or against certain denominations or anything like that. Um, his church has given away the Bible app. They, they employ hundreds of people to keep this Bible app going. They give away sermon resources. They give away videos free for churches for no money whatsoever. And so it is possible for a church to, I think, focus on itself and, and its vision and everything like that, but not exclude the idea that they belong to a bigger body, uh, a bigger body of believers. And so I, I don't mean to take away from that. I just want to, just, just from my perspective, not to, yeah. you know, to, to dump on one thing and give the impression that everything like that is the same, is deserving of the same. But I think as, you know, as we're closing Reconciling Grace, the point that you're making, Josh, is be aware that there is the Big C Church doing yeah. great ministry, be it the small church to the yeah. big mega church. If they are aware of the big C church and they're working with the big C church, then we can draw people into Christ corporately. Yeah. And, and I think that's sort of where the fall of Mars Hills is, is they forgot that. Yeah. You know, um, so yeah, that was sort of some of my thinking. And that's why I began with the thought of, you know, what is the purpose of the church and how do we, um, interact with each other how do we breathe christ in there you know so um that was some of my thinking on 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 the rise and fall of, of mars hills and the bobby knight problem uh, christianity today podcast pete that's the dog off to you <laughs> <laughs> well i think that was josh's dog telling us that's the signal guys that you're about out of time uh, we're going to go ahead and close for today so for josh kugel and for P. Mac, Pastor Mac, Don McDonald, this is Pete Vecchi, and I want to thank you for joining us for another episode of Reconciling Grace. Lord willing, we'll be back with you again next time. This has been Reconciling Grace. 
If you have a comment or a question for our panel, or if you would like to invite one or more of our panelists to share with your church or group, please send an email to rg at faithandfriendsradio.com. And thank you for listening to Reconciling Grace. Reconciling Grace.